Welcome back to Decom Cool and Collected. I'm Kelly. And I'm Elizabeth. And, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> this week we watched Return to Halloween Town, the fourth installment in the Halloween Town franchise, so we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we have briefly mentioned how we do not consider this to really be a part of the Halloween Town trilogy, because it should not have happened. I would have given this a higher ranking if it wasn't supposed to be Halloween Town. <laughs> yeah, like, I, if it were just a standalone movie, maybe I would have felt differently, but because it had such big shoes to fill, at least in the first two Halloween Towns, the third is okay. Way better than this, but... It's... I... <laughs> I'm speechless. We don't have a lot to talk about for the actors, because most of the people are the same, but we do have a little bit to talk about, about the people who made this film happen. Okay, so obviously the thing we must address is that uh, Kimberly J. Brown was replaced with Sarah Paxton, and Kimberly J. Brown has spoken out and said, I don't know why I was replaced. I read an interview uh, somewhere where she was like, <clears throat> I was shooting this other movie, and I was maybe supposed to end... Uh, the day after they started shooting or something like that. So it is ridiculous. I don't know why. Like, literally no one knows why she was replaced. And I don't know, like, why they thought they could do that. Like, Marnie is literally the face of Halloween Town. Right. Like, there are there are times when you can replace actors in a franchise and, like, you don't, like, Dumbledore? No, well, obviously the guy died. But, like, no one remembers. An old white guy. Yeah, he's pretty much the same thing. Like, yeah. But <laughs> she's the main character. They were actually going to um, replace Debbie Reynolds with the woman who played Professor Periwinkle because of scheduling conflicts. Oh, no. <laughs> but um, her Debbie, Red Debbie Reynolds' schedule like opened up at the last minute, so then they like found another way to use her. Oh, God. That would have been horrible. Which is I, why in the movie well, yeah, they're like, you, oh, she looks so much like Grandma. <laughs> or like, you remind me of Grandma. <laughs> yeah, because their outfits are very similar. Like, the colors they wear and stuff. Also, I'm very glad they did that. Like, Grandma didn't need to be a huge part in this movie anyway. Right. So her just, like, little cameos here right, and there Right, well, the were entire enough. movie is Marnie not knowing about what this movie is about, and Grandma's the only one to tell her. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, fun fact, the reason Sophie is not in this movie, because the actress retired after Halloween Town High. Love that for her. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so, I just want to point out, we don't blame Sarah Paxton for anything. No, this is in no way her fault, and I'm sure, like, for her, she was still very young and early in her career. This was, like, really exciting to get this Disney Channel movie. Well, I'm sure this was, well, like, she was already in a Disney movie, so I'm sure she was just like, oh, is this just, like, another job that I'll take? Well, no one's gonna it's remember. starring. Yeah, but yeah. I'm sure, like, she was like, no one's gonna remember. Like, obviously no one would realize the impact that Halloween Town would have on us who watched it, or not me, but <laughs> I, I, me. Still, I still like it, I just didn't watch it as a kid. Yeah. Uh, like, years later, and, like, honestly, I just think she was like, this is just another job for me, I'll take it. I mean, I would have been excited to be in Halloween Town, <laughs> so I don't blame her. But the thing, excuse me, <laughs> the thing that I dislike most about this movie is that not only did they, like, replace the main actress, but they, like, the entire character of Marnie is different. And, like, I don't know if that's just, like, what Kimberly J. Brown, like, brought to the table, or, like, the, the writers were different from any of the writers on the other movies, but I will point out, like, throughout the movie, like, things that, like, Marnie does that I do not think Marnie would do based on the past three movies we've watched in the past year or so. 
Well, and the other thing that's difficult is that there are different directors for each of the Halloween towns, which I wanted to bring up. And um, I messaged my friend who has a degree in film or something along those lines just to be like, what does a director actually do? Because I know that there's like writers and producers and stuff. And so they don't really control everything, but ideally, and it depends on like the movie and everything, but the director is supposed to make sure that all of the things like are cohesive and go together. And so I think for sequels that should include like being cohesive with the past movies. And so like my friend said that they'll be in on like the writing meetings and like the cinematography and just overall Sometimes they don't have final say, depending on, like, who they're, like, filming the movie for, but they're supposed to. So, wanted to bring that up, because... Yeah, so for me, I noticed that Marnie in this movie was a bit more one-dimensional. Like, in the past, Marnie is... She's, like, passionate. She, like, doesn't... She's flawed. She doesn't always do the right things. Like, literally in Halloween Town 2, she brought she brought a cute boy into her grandma's secret witch room, <laughs> and that's how we saw the cell book. Like... There's well, but that makes sense, because that's, like, a real teenage, teenage character. Yeah, and there's, like... And, like, again, I don't know, like, maybe it was, like, a whole, like, like um, teamwork thing. Like, it was Kimberly J. Brown, plus the writer and the director. Like, I don't know, like, what all went into this. But I think that is one of the reasons why Halloween Town, like, resonates with so many people. Because Marnie was such a good, like, fully fleshed out character. Yeah, she's just very realistic. Like and literally, she's in the, in like the first scene of the first Halloween of Halloween Town High, she's like, "I didn't do anything wrong. I did this and this and this and this and this. These people are crazy for trying to punish me for this." Blah blah blah. blah. But like in this movie, all of that is gone. Well, yeah, she's very much just like a basically a placeholder. Like everything yeah. somebody says, she just like repeats back to them. That's basically her entire role in this movie. Like yeah. she doesn't have opinions. She has yeah. like one opinion the entire movie, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great. But I wanted to talk about the directors from all the other ones because I didn't really pay attention to it at the time. The director from the first Halloween Town is David S. Jackson. He, or wait, no, that was this one. Just kidding. The first Halloween Town was uh, Dwayne Dur Dunham. He also directed two episodes of Seventh Heaven. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, <laughs> he directed the 13th year, Ready to Run, Double Teamed, Right on Track, Tiger Cruise, and Now You See It. So he was a decom expert. <laughs> but I would like to point out that he did Halloween Town, the first one, which was very, very good. He did Right on Track, another really good one. Double Teamed, really good one. Now You See It was okay. Some of the other ones were a little questionable. But he knew how to do a decom. Yeah, um, um, whenever I was looking up the writers, the writers... There were similarities between the first and second one, but the third one was different, and then this one was completely different as well. Yeah, so the second director is Mary Lambert, no relation to the one who was featured in <laughs> Same Love with Macklemore. No relation. Okay. <laughs> um, she, this is her only decom, but she is more- She really knocked it out of the park well, on that yeah. one. Yeah, okay, the thing that oh, I- Oh, is it because it's directed by a woman that it's so good? No, I wanted to note this. She's more known to be a horror director, which is why Ooh. the second one is scarier and why I think that I like it more. Um, yeah, not the same as Macklemore. I wrote that note. I was just trying to make sure I had everything. She did, like, a movie for Pet Cemetery, like, 2 or something. I don't know. She did, like I said, some horror movies. She didn't have a whole lot that I saw that I recognized. The third one was by Mark A.Z. Dippy? Dippay? I don't know how to say It's D-I-P-P-E with an apostrophe or an accented E. Yeah. He did Halloween Town High and also Pixel Perfect. 
so that's the difference with them. And then we have David S. Jackson, who did Return to Halloween Town, which is obviously my my least favorite of the Halloween towns. He also directed Buffalo Dreams. Um, he also directed four episodes of One Tree Hill, which I thought I would bring up because I watched all of One Tree Hill. Uh, the episodes he directed, one of them was uh, post-psychoderic. It was like Peyton having PTSD about psychoderic mm. and like needing to like deal with that. One of them that I did like, I thought was really good, is the power outage one. He directed that. I don't remember that one. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, big scene and everyone's going to each other's houses and they're in high school and they don't have parents apparently. Um, he directed... <laughs> oh, never mind, I won't get into one trail. <laughs> he directed one with Rachel being on the cover of a magazine. Don't remember that at all. And then that. he did one episode in season five, which is like after high school, which no one really cares about anyway. No. But... Um, I feel like after knowing which episodes of One Tree Hill he directed, <laughs> seeing this makes a lot more sense. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, shall we get into... Do we? Do you have anything for Sarah Paxson, or did we cover her? I covered her whenever... She was in Hounded, that yeah. terrible Taj Mowry. No offense to Taj Mowry. You yeah. did nothing wrong. That dog movie. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have anyone else. Um, I did want to mention... Um, was it a coincidence that they... Again, no, this is no shade to Sarah Paxton. Was it a coincidence that they cast someone skinny as a twig? I don't think so. Because <laughs> Marnie actually looked like a real, like, normal person. No, just, I don't know. She looked she more She had a like, more realistic body type than yeah. a stereotypical Hollywood actress. Yeah. And Sarah Paxton... But she's still gorgeous. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, and Sarah Paxton also, yeah, just has that more, like, traditional, like, Hollywood vibe to her. I, yeah. And she's, like, very, very blonde, and she's brunette in this movie, which just, like, is off-putting to see. Yeah, yeah, she's, like, famously blonde. And, well, I also remember talking about these movies in high school, and one of our friends uh, was, like, I remember her saying, like, no, they cast someone who is, like, so skinny after Marnie, like, oh, I was so angry, or something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a coincidence. Not yes. with this director. Sorry, David S. Jackson, if you're listening. Not we, really. We got some beef. Yeah. Our first enemy of the podcast. <laughs> you know, I, and it's not really fair to blame it all on him, but I'm going to because he's di- the director. He put his name on this, so that's Okay, it. so um, getting into some of the um, additional cast members for this movie who are not in the other ones. Uh, Christy Wu, who plays Scarlet. I just want to say that there's the Sinister Sisters. Two of them are very obviously twins. Yeah. And the other one is not related to that. It's very obvious. Yeah. And that is Scarlet. Uh, Christy Wu, she was in Flight 29 Down, Corbin Blue, which I've mentioned before, and Buffy? Yeah, I don't remember exactly who she is. I think in the later season, spoilers, um, there's like a whole flea, fleet of uh, vampire slayers, and I think she's one of them. Because mm-hmm. there's only supposed to be one vampire slayer at a time, but Buffy dies and then comes back to life. It's like a whole thing. So then there's like a bunch of them. <laughs> I think she's one of them, but I wouldn't swear on that. Got it. Um, Keon Young, who we met in Even Stevens and Rip Girls. Millicent Martin, who is Professor Periwinkle. She was in uh, episodes here and there of Grace and Frankie, Frasier, and this week of Zach and Cody. But, when I was going through her IMDb, it says she, she played Queen Elizabeth in an episode of Jonas. <laughs> Why was Queen Elizabeth in an episode know. of Jonas? I don't know. Did anybody watch Jonas? I did not. Did Maddie? I, Maddie did watch some of it. I don't know if she would remember it, but... Oh, I didn't watch any... I love the Jonas Brothers, but I couldn't get on board we, with the show. We were, like, sort of aging out at that point. Yeah. Um, Summer... B. Scheel, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, who plays Anissa. She's in The Magicians, if you watch that. Um, 
Oh, she was in an episode of Hannah Montana. I don't know who she played, but it was the first one that had Dolly Parton, so congrats to her. Amazing. Um, she <laughs> was also in the episode of Drake and Josh where Josh ran into Oprah, so clearly. <laughs> oh my god, she was <laughs> destined for A thriving <laughs> filmography. Um, and then we have Leslie Wing, who plays Dr. Goodwin, who was Troy Bolton's mom. Yeah. Um, so, should we finally start the movie? Yeah, sorry, just 12 minutes in, no big deal. <laughs> the movie starts with a screen of a map of Halloween Town, has, like, the big pumpkin in the center. Also, which university, which was never there yeah, before, is Yeah, never talked map. about it at all, but it, now it's here. It's As, now just, like, like literally like two feet outside of Town Square. Also, why would they name it which university? Like, they couldn't think of something better well, we'll get into the politics of which university <laughs> later, because I have some thoughts. Yeah, but it starts off with a voiceover say it's reading the proce- prophecy, prophecy. Uh, at the Cromwell, close of the millennium. Yeah, a Cromwell of great power will embrace the gift. That is Marnie Piper, the one we have waited for. Yeah, and so we see this man in a robe, and then we cut to this, like, stone dragon that's kind of, like, looking around. It's a gargoyle. And then, yeah, a gargoyle. And then we see the title card. Yeah, so then we see Marnie at home using magic to, like, sort through her clothes. Um, Marnie comes downstairs and finds Mom speaking into this, like, boiling pot of soup. And Mom is just sort of like, oh, nothing. No, I don't know why she's trying to hide it. I don't know why that was, like, a thing they kept doing this time. Like, Mom always communicates through water. I don't know. They never did that in, the, in any of the other movies. Like, they use, like, those walkie-talkie heads or, like... The witch's glass they use in Halloween Town High. Yeah, but water isn't in witch's Halloween glass. Town. I yeah, don't know. I don't know. I'm it was trying weird. to be funny. Um, Mom yells at Marnie for using magic, and Marnie's like, "You said no magic, only around Sophie, and Sophie's gone." Um, we learn that Sophie is training with Grandma in another dimension. Um, the pot pot of soup starts ringing again, and it's Grandma calling. Um, Sophie's interdimensional time travel needs a bit of work, so they won't be able to be in contact for a bit of time. Um, Grandma says congrats to Marnie and then hangs up, and Mom is like, congratulations for what? And Marnie reveals that she was accepted to which university in Halloween Town? And Mom is like, uh-uh-uh-uh, we agreed on community college and then state. But Marnie's like, that's what everyone here does. I want to go to college to be different and actually use my magic. Like, if I have it, why can't I use it? I wanted to mention here, I think the director or whoever, the writers, were trying to pull back to that, like, original Marnie of, like, embracing her differentness and, like, not liking the ordinary. But it just comes across as, like, I'm not like other girls, which is not who Marnie is. Right. So, just wanted to throw that in there. (laughs) Mom is like, "Uh, no, like, Halloween Town's dangerous. There's bad magic there. Um, And I'm not going to pay for it. But then Marnie pulls out her acceptance letter and this hologram of Dr. Goodwin comes out, and it's like, congratulations, Marnie, you, we're gonna give you a full scholarship. And yeah. mom just kind of walks away angry. Yeah, well, Marnie pulls, like, I'm 18 now, I'm gonna yeah. do what I want. Uh, what she said when she was 13. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, I think they're trying to, like, draw it back, really, it's just not the same. Uh, yeah, like, in Sarah Pacton's performance, like, when Kimberly J. Brown was 13, she was, like, full force. She had a mouth on her. She was like, <laughs> I'm 13, I can do what I want. But Sarah Pacton's just kind of like, well, I'm 18 now. I can do what I want. Yeah. It's it's not the same. It's not the same. Uh, so then we cut to the next scene. Dylan is helping Marnie carry her bags, and they create the portal. Uh, Mom yeah, goes outside. As we remember, the portal is completely open now. You can step in and out whenever you want. Yeah, because it used to be you could only go on Halloween night. Now you can go whenever. Yes. So uh, Mom comes out, and she gives them a hug. She gives Marnie this bracelet. It's a personal witch's bracelet. 
glass so she can talk to mom whenever they hug and then marnie and dylan go through the portal so they get to halloween town everything looks nice there's all these uh posters up and around for the millennium of halloween town because that's when halloween town was created if we need a little background halloween town was created because people wanted to banish the creatures from the mortal realm uh it's not like that anymore the cromwells have done a good job of making it a little bit better but it's the millennium celebration yeah, so it was 1006 whenever <laughs> halloween town was created well grandma's very old we do not understand i guess she's literally immortal i don't know i guess so uh (laughs) they get to halloween town and benny is there back in his taxi cab ready to give rides they get in with benny and he tells them about the millennium celebration on halloween night uh so then we get to halloween or which is university marnie's walking around very happily seeing all of the different creatures and everyone's having a good time on the quad yeah (laughs) that transcends multi dimensions everyone has fun on the quad in college i never had fun on the quad no i don't think that actually happened (laughs) i walked straight through the quad and it was empty (laughs) i don't even know what the quad was (laughs) yeah i don't think most colleges actually have a quad or if they do i don't think they're called the quad anyway (laughs) Uh, Marnie walks to Dr. Goodwin, and she says hi, and then basically starts giving them a tour. We see that the gargoyle is, like, watching, and then we, like, go through the gargoyle's eye, and we see Silas Sinister. He is the one from earlier who was talking about the prophecy. Yeah, and he's like, Marnie has arrived, and he's like, alert the members of the Dominion by Halloween night. The prophecy will be fulfilled. I also wanted to mention, I think that this movie is trying a lot to be like Harry Potter. And none of the other Halloween towns are trying to be like Harry mm-hmm. Potter at all. And this yeah. one is. Well, all of the other Halloween towns really dealt with the um, Halloween town mortal conflict that the mortals didn't know about. Yeah, and, and they like, bring that in slightly to this one, but it's not, not really. Yeah. Um, so... Marnie is looking at people on the quad. Dylan spots Ethan Dalloway from the last movie who waves hi. And Marnie's like, oh my god, Dylan, like, what are you doing? And at first I was like, why is it awkward? But then I was like, oh, I guess, like, his dad tried to steal her family's magic. No, she has a crush on him. Yeah, that was never... What happened that to was, Finn Whitrock? That's what I want to know. <laughs> that was not in the last movie at all. What happened to her boyfriend? Yeah, there was no, like, tension or anything between them. Yeah. So, uh, Marnie is using magic to carry her bags because she's trying to get to her dorm still. And then, uh, she tells Dylan that he better start using his magic or he's gonna lose his powers. But then, this professor says something in Latin and the bags fall and trip Marnie and Dylan. They're on the ground. The popular girls are watching from the side. We learn that this is the Sinister Sisters. Yeah, um, three triplets. Yeah. And they're like, hey, no magic is allowed at the university. Yeah, um, and the, the professor calls uh, Marnie an insolent child and walks away. Yeah, he's just like, no magic on the grounds, to, and magic to complete schoolwork is prohibited. Uh, magic used on anyone is immediate dismissal, which as we learn later on, you can't do that anyway. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, Dylan introduces himself to the head triplet. Scarlet, and, we yeah. find out later. And they walk away, and they use magic, and Marnie's like, what? They can't do that. What? Yeah, Dylan admits that he has a crush on Scarlet immediately, and Marnie's like, okay, well, it's time for you to leave anyway, go back home. And Dylan's like, oh, by the way, I'm staying, mom only let you go, because I could go, too, if I went, too. And so Marnie's obviously annoyed, but- So whose bags was she carrying this whole time? Yeah, Dylan doesn't have any clothes with him? I don't know. 
And she only had two bags. She's in a different realm. I would want to bring most of my stuff. I don't know. Yeah, so Marnie gets to her dorm, and it's huge. And she just starts, like, talking to herself. She's like, what? No, magic. What? <laughs> well, okay, and also... The Marnie that we know and love would have immediately called her mother and been like, why the hell are you sending my younger brother here to, like, babysit me? I'm literally 18. I've saved the mortal and Halloween Town realm multiple times. Right. She would have immediately been like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So mom calls Marnie through the the witch's glass and Marnie ignores. Uh, Grandma, like, holograms in. Yeah. But then it is actually her. At first I thought she was just going to be, like, a hologram, but she's there. And um, she's just like, Marnie, be careful. There's secrets that I never told you. But I have to leave and can't tell you now. Yeah, so then she leaves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we see a pointless scene of mom worrying. Yeah, there's like so many pointless scenes of mom just being like, oh, my kids have flown the nest. Yeah, she's literally telling a random checker at the grocery store, like, I'm an empty nester now and I'm sad. Um, she also is a real estate agent? I don't know if that's in the other movies. I don't think so. Like, I think she literally they were, like, trying to imply that she, like, became a real estate agent, like, in a day, which you can't do. You need a license and you have to pass a test. Yeah, we have a bunch of scenes where we just cut back to mom doing real estate for some reason. We can skip those. Those are dumb. Yeah. Um, so then we go back to Marnie's room and envelope slides under her door and it tells her to go see her RA in room 13. So Marnie, uh, goes to this room and it's completely empty uh, but then she gets, like, sort of sucked into this genie lamp, and Anissa introduces herself. Anissa is the RA, and she's the first genie to ever be accepted into Witch University. And Marnie is immediately like, what's with those bitches? <laughs> and Anissa's like, uh, yeah, they rule the school. They rule this entire university, because well, that's a thing. <laughs> their dad is a rich and powerful warlock, and yeah, they rule everything. Um, uh, yeah, so now we just immediately cut to them, like, in the dining hall, it's more of a cafeteria. Yeah. Eating lunch. Marnie um, asks why the Sinister Sisters are allowed to use magic, because as they're walking, there's, like, food appearing on their trays, like, they didn't go and get it themselves. And so Anissa explains they're not doing the magic, but because they're hot bitches, all the boys will risk- We'll just give them get better lunches. Yeah, we'll just risk using magic for them. Um, and then Marnie asks why, uh, or, oh. Ethan says hi to Marnie, and they just have, like, a weird moment. And Ethan, like, kind of apologizes for his evil dad. It's, like, a weird thing, but they're like, okay, it's fine. We can move on now. Yeah, so then Ethan and Anissa reveal that Marnie is the reason for the no magic rule. When the portal was opened, many kids went to college in the mortal world. And which university needed more students, so enrollment opened to other magical creatures? Where did they go? Before this, yeah, they just not get higher education. Multiple universities in Halloween Town because if this was only for witches, there better have been other ones for everyone, right? Like, what happened? Where did they go? I mean, I do understand like the whole point of like being a witch and wanting to further your abilities, so I get that. But I also get like it's not fair if you can use magic and other people can't. Yeah, and they're like, it wouldn't be fair if witches could use magic for schoolwork and others couldn't. And they're basically just like, well, you can do magic, just don't get caught. Yeah, Marnie doesn't understand the idea of not getting caught, breaking the rules and not getting caught, when that's literally Marnie. Marnie snuck off at 13 years old to Halloween Town on her own. This is the thing that makes me so angry. Like, the past three movies, Marnie was defying her, like, her, define her mother's wishes. Her mom was like, don't use magic, don't use magic. But Marnie's like, no, like, I have these powers, I'm gonna use them anyway. Well, and Marnie has a very strong, like, moral compass of, like, what's right and what's wrong. Right, so, like, I fully believe that Marnie wouldn't use her magic for her schoolwork because it's unfair to others. But yeah. But for just, like, daily things, like laundry and shit, 
I, Marnie would definitely use her powers. Well, yeah, and she's not stupid. She understands, like, you can break the rules, just don't get caught. Exactly. They're explaining everything to her like she's a child, and I get that it's for, like, exposition or whatever, and I get this is a children's movie, but, like, the other Halloween towns didn't have to lay everything out so specifically. Like, children aren't dumb. They can watch this movie and understand. Right. So... And like like I said, the the Marnie that was established before this, I do not believe for a second that she would be like, oh, okay, I can't use magic at all, ever. Well, yeah, and then, okay, so after that, we cut back another scene with Mom. The one thing I wanted to mention is every time we see Mom, she's using magic at home on her own, which is completely against who Mom is as a character, right. too. Mom would never. Yeah, Mom <laughs> hates magic. Like, we see her use it a couple times in the other movies, but she would never just be using it, like, right and left like, like she is. to take shortcuts like yeah. she is. Yeah, that's not who Mom is as a character, either. <laughs> Um, okay, so then we cut to all of them are in a class with Professor Periwinkle. Professor Periwinkle is an older, more eccentric woman, and she's looking around for her book. Yeah, she's just a little, like, discombobulated, as they say. She's like, oh, I can't find my textbook. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, oh, I need my Shakespeare textbook. I guess they're just learning, like, regu- regular courses here, too. For some reason, I thought it would be more, like, magical, but they're I just guess. learning literature. So Scarlet grabs Marnie's book with magic and just hands it to the professor. And then the professor's like, oh, good on you for being so she's prepared. Like, I have extra an, credit. She's like, I have an extra copy. Yeah. Like, here's my second textbook that I carry around. Yeah. Extra credit for, okay. Yeah. Uh, so outside, um, uh, Marnie and Anissa watch this drooling troll. He has a name, but it's just a bunch of burps. So yeah. I call him Troll. Yeah. Uh, ask the three sisters if they want to help with the Millennium Celebration that they're having, uh, like, for, like, the whole Halloween town at the university. And they're just like, no, you're gross. And then, like, blast him across the field. Yeah, they literally, like, push him away with their magic. Where are the faculty to see this? First of all, it's not even that they use magic. They just, like, assaulted this troll. Right. For no reason. Yeah, so, um, and Issa and Marnie just, like, go over and they're just like, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, and again, he's not even phased. He's just like, it's okay, they're hot. They can treat me like shit. Yeah. So in the next class, Ethan saves a spot for Marnie. Um, Dr. Grog begins speaking. And, he and this is, is the one from earlier who, like, yelled at Marnie for not knowing to not use yeah. magic. He assigns them an in-class essay about the history of both the mortal and Halloween town world. He said you have one paper to write an in-depth history of the mortal yeah. and <laughs> Halloween town world. What? One paper? Yeah. <laughs> one, like, piece of paper. And they have to write an in-depth history? The last one I wrote an essay that was one piece of paper was sixth grade. <laughs> I also, like, I don't understand how you can do world history, because, like, each country has so much history. Like, how do you do overall world history? I don't know. How do, do you, you cover think, all like, the all shitty the, things? You think all the students were like, and then finally, last year, Marty Piper opened up the portal. <laughs> <laughs> the Cromwell family is the only family in Halloween Town. <laughs> Um, so, Scarlet uses magic to write her essay for her, so she finishes first. And we have this scene where Dr. Grog sees Scarlet using magic and just, like, looks away. So he knows that she's using magic. Yeah, um, she, before leaving the classroom, she just, like, sort of, like, cat, like, moves her fingers and, like, casts a spell on Marnie, but we don't know what yet. Um, everyone gets up and leaves and turns in, turns in their essays. Marnie is the last one to turn it in, which... I relate to. It's always the last one to turn in my shit. Um, and whenever she hands the paper over, it's completely blank. And Marnie's like, um, no, I literally just wrote this entire essay. She's like, Scarlet hexed it. I know it yeah, already. Like, Immediately. 
Um, and Dr. Grog just, like, blows on the paper to reveal that the essay is actually there and that there will be an investigation. But because there's no proof, Marnie is still basically the one being penalized right now. Yeah, um, Ethan meets up with Marnie after class, and throughout this whole movie, he keeps wearing this spider belt buckle. Yeah, they're wearing a lot of spiders in this movie, which, again, was not a thing in the other ones. Like, they have some eccentric fashion choices in Halloween Town, but I don't get what was up with this movie. The spider belt buckle. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Ethan gives Marnie flowers with magic when the PA calls Marnie to the Chancellor's office. Um, so Dr. Goodwin is just like, well, there's no, this is such like a common spell that anyone could have hexed this essay, we don't know. Um, and she's like, how are you adjusting? And Marnie's like, I came here to learn potions and spells and blah, 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 blah. Well, and Marnie asks, like, why are there no magic electives? Like, can't we have some things that are like, we can do magic for? Right. Uh, but they Dr. Can... Goodwin just like avoids the question and she's yeah. just like, for, okay, I, it's literally never explained why, but for some reason, all spells at which university become permanent at midnight on Halloween. Yeah, they just needed to have something about midnight on Halloween, because that's what they do in these movies. Yeah, she's like, a few years ago, the half the freshman class were sent home as teacups. Like, why can't they, like, take this away? Or why didn't they undo it? I, you are, like, fucking professors. You don't know how to undo a teacup spell? Right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, so... Dr. Goodwin's just like, oh, well, you'll learn a lot here. Let's get to our next class, which was taught by Dr. Goodwin. Yeah, so this is, like, a special class, apparently, because she uncovers a secret classroom. They all go inside, um, and they are invited to excavate under the castle, which used to be the Cromwell Castle. Oh. Yeah, so, uh... Well, throughout this movie, like, throughout the last few movies, we learned that, like, oh, like the, Car- the Cromwells are the most power- powerful family in Halloween Town, but this movie sort of explains why. Yeah, and so we see that Dr. Ichabod will be their... Or, Dr. Grog. Grog. His name is Ichabod Grog. He will be their supervisor. Uh, the university was built in the ruins of the Cromwell Castle, and Scarlet tries to tell Marnie that she should use magic to get a good grade in this class. And Marnie's just like, no, we're not allowed to use magic. Like, that's cheating. <laughs> And Scarlet's like, uh, well, I'm gonna use magic. And she uses magic and finds a skull, which, like, obviously she used magic. She didn't go down into this manhole. Yeah, there's, like, this giant hole in the middle of the floor that, like, the school, I guess, already, like, began to, um, start digging or whatever. And all the students, their grades are based on what they find. Yeah. It's like, if they find something good, then they get an A. If they don't find anything, they fail. It's like holes. It's not fair. (laughs) Uh, so she brings it over, and all the teachers are like, oh my god, amazing. But then, the ground starts shaking, and this box comes out of the hole and lands in Marnie's hands. And it says, S. Cromwell, on the box. So, Dr. Grog goes over immediately and tries to open it, and he's like, well, I can't open it. And Marnie's like, well, it looks like you need a key. And that's basically the end of that scene. After class, Dylan finds Marnie and starts yelling at her. And he's like, you use music and magic in class? (laughs) That's the one thing you can't do. And Marnie's like, I actually didn't. But her friends are like, it looks pretty bad for you. The box did just come up and float to you. Which I said is like Harry Potter whenever he, like, speaks parcel tongue. And they're like, it doesn't look good because you were, like, speaking parcel tongue. And then the snake attacked. So. Uh, So then we cut to Silas Sinister reading the prophecy to, like, this group of people in hooded robes. Um, uh, Death Eaters. <laughs> They're called the Dominion, but Death Dr. Eaters. Dr. Goodwin walks in, also wearing a robe, and she is happy to report that Marnie found the box, which contains the gift. 
and Silas is like, soon we will rule Halloween Town, and that's when the Sinister Sisters walk in, and their dad, Silas Sinister, congratulates them on getting Marnie to use magic to lure the box, and now they must get her to open it. And the girls are like, Marnie's like a goody-goody, and she follows the rules. Which, like, again, I, no. <laughs> well, Marnie wouldn't have used magic in that class just right. to, like, try and get a good grade, but But yeah. the fact that they'd be like, no, like, she's such a goody-goody. Like, she, she's a rule follower. She won't do anything that we ask her to. Well, they also don't know Marnie, but Mar- this Marnie is kind of that. Yeah, so then Dr. Grog takes off his hood uh, he was there and starts yelling at them. And he's like, no, like, only a Cromwell may unleash the power. Um, Marty has to open the box for the prophecy to be fulfilled. Um, and Dr. Goodwin is like, we must work together to tempt Marty to break the rules. So all of these professors and the Scarlet, the Sinister Sisters, they're all in this group, this evil group that is trying to get Marty to help them rule Halloween Town. Yes, very much Death Eaters and Voldemort. Um, so Marty goes to the laundry room. She almost snaps her laundry done, but decides against it. Well, I don't know. She talks to Mom for a hot second. Mom's like, what's going on? Marty's like, it's fine. Leave me alone. Bye. Uh, Ethan comes in, and yeah, they're like, we could go get coffee if we just used our magic. But Marnie's like, we can't do that. (laughs) They flirt a little bit, but then Marnie is called again to the Chancellor's office. So she goes in there, and basically, Dr. Goodwin's just like, you should use magic to open the box. And Marnie's like, I thought we couldn't use magic. And she's like, you can use magic now. Just do it. So Marnie tries to open the box, and she tries, like, a bunch of stuff, but it doesn't work. All this stuff is, like, nods or homages to classic, like, magic television shows. Like, she wiggles her nose at one point, and that's, like, a thing that they did in, Be- in Bewitched. Yeah. And then she, like, folds her arms out in front of her and, like pushes her head forward and that's what she did in I Dream of Jeannie. Yeah. But nothing works. And so uh, they're like, well, I guess we need to find the key. Yeah, so later that night, Marnie is telling Anissa like what happened with the box in the office and Marnie asks Anissa if she can enter the box like her lamp and Anissa's like, no, I can only do that with like my home lamp. Um, and Marnie's like, you know what? I, Grandma would know how to open it. She knows, like, all about the Cromwell. She is the Cromwell history. <laughs> well, yeah, and she's like, who is S. Cromwell? I wish I knew so I could ask her. Yeah, so in, uh, we're in Professor Periwinkle's class, and class is just basically over. And well, gets- they talk about a Midsummer's Night Dream. I wanted to bring this yeah. up. Because they talk about, uh, apparently there's, like, a spell put on one of them, and it's a love spell. And so one of the students is like, oh, it's really romantic, because they fall in love, blah, 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 blah. But Marnie's like... They were forced to fall in love by a spell that's not real love. And Scarlet Sinister is like, well, maybe they love doing magic and forcing people to do stuff. Which, Marnie saying, like, that's not real love is something Marnie would have done. Marnie would have been against love spells. Mm -hmm. But then later, it's just dumb. It's a little bit of foreshadowing, but not really that necessary. After class, she goes and talks to Professor Periwinkle. Yeah, so Professor Periwinkle invites her to her office. um, And... Uh, the professor's like, oh, like, so how's your grandmother? And Marnie's like, you know my grandma? And she's like, oh, yeah, we're, like, old friends from way back in the day, a thousand years ago. Yeah. And Marnie's like, do you know an S. Cromwell? And immediately, professor's like, Splendora. And, uh, Marnie's like, hey, like, who is she? Tell me. And the professor's like, we were friends in the early days of Halloween Town, but I promised to keep her identity a secret, and I can't say anything else until you're ready. Uh, and Marnie's not ready yet. Yeah. So then we cut to Dylan is getting ready for a date, but Marnie calls him. So she meets him outside and they go to the library because she's like, we need to do some research. And this is apparently a library just of their family history, which yeah. they know nothing about. 
Um, and Dylan's like, okay, well, I can look through this. I have a secret to admit. I sped read in high school to skip a grade. So we have this little scene of him speed reading. Well, at first, Marnie's like, no, don't use magic. But then she's like, okay, use magic. So we have this scene of him speed reading, and it's just, like, pages and words floating around him. Also, very Harry Potter vibes. <laughs> uh, and so Dylan basically says... There's a magical power in the box. That's the gift. And that's what Splendora put in the box. Uh, no other witch in Halloween Town has this gift. And she locked the gift and buried it for years. A that's, thousand years ago. Yeah. And that's all I know because there were pages missing. Uh, Dylan. He sees Scarlet walking outside. Yeah. So he um, goes and follows her. And he's like, hey, we have a date. But Scarlet's like, do we? I don't care. And goes on a date with somebody else. And calls else. him a toad. Yeah. Marnie and- comes up to stick up for him, which is what Marnie would do. Uh, but Dylan just lets Scarlet leave with the other guy and is just like, don't stick up for me, basically. Yeah. Um, Silas Sinister, Dr. Grog, and Dr. Goodwin spy on Marnie through a cauldron throughout, like, this whole ordeal. Um, Marnie says, like, oh, like, something should be done about this. She's using, or, like, she's so mean. And Dylan's just like, leave it alone. Go away. Well, she's using her power for evil. Uh, that's what Marnie says. And then Marnie calls... Mom calls Dylan. Oh, yeah, yeah, Through the witch's glass and tells him to put Marnie on. But Marnie just, like, immediately hangs up. She doesn't want to tell her anything because she knows that Mom will just get worried. Well, and she also thinks that Mom wouldn't want her to have more magic because she knows that this, like, whatever this power is, it's a Cromwell thing and she might be the one to get it. So, uh, yeah, so Dylan suggests, he's like, hey, if this thing was buried a thousand years ago, maybe it should, like, stay buried? <laughs> yeah. Um, and the teachers who are watching this are like, Dylan could be a problem. We we should use him against her. Yeah. Um, Scarlet walks into the room and she's like, it's okay, guys. I got a plan. Yeah, so later in the day, Marnie's, like, doodling the box in her room, and Ethan calls through her window. He couldn't just, like, knock on her door. Mm. And he's like, hey, let's go on a date tonight. And she's like, yeah, sure. So they meet up for their date, and uh, they're just, like, walking around, having a good time. And Ethan brings out this broom, and he's like, let's go for a ride. So they do to Jesse McCartney. They're like, it's technically above campus, so we won't get in trouble. Even though later on we literally see, like, a broom rack on campus. Well, that's in Halloween Town. I think it's off oh, campus. Okay. Yeah, so they fly around to Jesse McCartney. I literally skipped through this. <laughs> I was like, I know nothing. Like I said before, I know nothing happens. I like <laughs> It's just the whole song. It's very is good. <laughs> yeah. They land in town and get some ice cream. Whenever they're at the ice cream shop, Marnie sees that Scarlet, the Sinister Sisters have brought uh Dylan out and they're all like telling him like, "Oh, you could help us with our homework. That's so nice of you to offer all this I stuff." I also want to mention that Marnie gets an ice cream sundae and Dylan says, "Healthy appetite." I like that in a girl. Ugh. Yeah, that was gross. That did not need to be in this movie. For right. no reason did that need to be in here. Anyway, uh, yeah, Marnie sees this, and she is obviously like, what the hell is going on? And so Marnie's like, why are they making him do their homework? Like, this isn't fair. So she goes over there. Ethan is like, just leave it alone. But Marnie's like, no, I can't. So she goes over there, and she's like, Scarlet, call off this spell. Like, this is not fair. You can't do this. And, and Scarlet's like, make me. You well, know, Dylan is like, telling her to stop. And then... Marnie's like, let him go, let him go. And Scarlet goes, make me. And Marnie does nothing, which I don't believe she would do. Well, yeah. And Marnie can't do anything because you can't call off somebody else's spell, apparently. That's how magic works in this realm. I don't know. Yeah, but I feel like Marnie wouldn't just stand there and do nothing. Well, yeah. She literally, like, 
whenever the, whenever um the guy in the first movie kept like trying to hit on her, she's like, "You're cheese and you're stinky." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I don't. Yeah. This also made me very angry. I was like, "What is she doing?" <laughs> well, yeah, and, and like she's sticking up for her brother, but not doing anything more than that. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Stop it!" And yeah. they're like, "No." <laughs> Yeah, so all of them leave, and Marnie and Ethan immediately leave after them, but they have already gone back to campus, probably using magic. So they get onto their broom, but as they're on the broom, it starts malfunctioning again. Harry Potter. They're holding onto the bottom of the broom, they fall, and then it turns into a snake. And so Marnie is like, oh my god, Scarlet Scarlet hexed the broom. And Ethan says that they were probably set up, like they've probably been watching them. So Marnie and Ethan walk back to campus. Uh, so, the next day, the troll is making an announcement in the quad for the Millennium Celebration at which university. He starts to get emotional just because he loves the town so much. Uh, when the sisters and Dylan walk by, Anissa asks Ethan why Marnie can't just cast a spell to make them stop. And Ethan says witches can't cast spells to control other people. Dylan's not doing anything he doesn't want to do. Uh, they just, his desires are just amplified by whatever spell they have on him. Yeah. So, the Scarlet Sisters have to get Marnie to open the box and so yeah. that they can get her power and rule Halloween Town. This is something that they're, uh, that Silas is talking about, I guess. Yeah, they're, like, in another, like, Dominion meeting. Yeah. So, the next day at class, Scarlet is bragging about, or the Sinister Sisters are bragging about all the stuff they found. They dug up. Which yeah. Which everyone knows, knows they use magic. Yeah, and again, the professors are like, oh my god, good job, girls. And the class is dismissed, but... Marnie uh, is called back with Dr. Goodwin and Dr. Grog. Yeah. Um, Marnie starts telling them, they're like, it's not fair that they get to use magic um, and get praised. Yeah, and they're like, we agree, but we need you to do something else. Yeah. They're like, okay, like, here's this scroll. Ethan is, like, watching them from afar. Yeah. And they're showing her the prophecy, and they tell her that dark forces will try to shatter the peace that is now in Halloween Town, and only Marnie can save them. They tell her that if she opens the box, Halloween Town will continue to exist in peace. Yeah, which is not true, and I think Marnie would have questioned that. I don't think Marnie right. just blindly believes what people say, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Ethan is outside, and he asks the gargoyles who's paying them to spy on Marnie, uh, and he bribes them with burgers. Um, we don't see them answer him. But Ethan uh, is trying to stop Marnie on her way to Dylan's dorm. Marnie wants Ethan to stop uh, the Sinister Sisters' spell on him. Uh, Marnie knows that Dylan won't listen to her, so she's like, Ethan, like, come on, you have to do this. Whenever they open the door, Dylan is doing all the sisters' homework at once when Mom calls on the witch's glass. She says she wants to visit, but Marnie's like, Hey, you don't trust me! Yeah, which I don't think Marnie would do. I think at this point, the real Marnie would have known, like, it's time for some backup or something. Right, that's what she, she's like, we need backup. We need another Cromwell in here. Mom's gotta do this. Yeah. I think it would be sort of like Marnie convincing Mom. Yeah, but no, <laughs> that's not what she does. She says, no, leave me alone. I hate you. Yeah, Marnie goes to find another witch so the three of them can break the spell. She, Because she's like, you, like, me, Ethan, and someone else, we can all break this spell. Mm-hmm. And Dylan's just like, Dylan. <laughs> Ethan's like, no, like, I, I really can't help you. And Marnie's like, you're a bad friend. Yeah. And Ethan's like, hey, Marnie, listen, like, the teachers, they're using you. They want to rule Halloween Town. They're part of this group called the Dominion that my dad used to belong to. And they want to use Marnie to take over Halloween Town and make slaves out of all the other creatures. So the whole movie, they're like, we want to rule Halloween Town. We're going to rule. We're going to have all this power. But they never explain why. 
And so finally we learn that what they want to do is to make this make slaves out of all the other creatures. So this is the first time we really see that like there's this hierarchy in Halloween Town of like witches above everyone else. Because the past three movies, again, have been about Halloween Town over mortals. Well, they kind of mention it in um I think in the second one or something. I, I think Calabar is probably the one who invented this whole like witch supremacy. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um, yeah. And so Marnie just immediately like writes him off and she's like, no, they're helping me. I don't trust you, which the real Marnie would not have done. Right. <laughs> so she storms off. Uh, Marnie meets uh, Professor Periwinkle off campus and she's like, I need your help to travel back in time to talk to Spl- talk to Splendora. I need answers. So uh, Professor Periwinkle's like, oh, yes, like you are ready. Let's do this. So Marnie steps through the portal to Halloween Town 1000 years ago. Uh, she stops Benny driving this horse and carriage and asked, asks her to take her to Splendora. And, and Benny's like, oh, the great lady, yes. At the Cromwell Castle. Yeah, Benny drops her off in, like, the courtyard of the Cromwell Castle. There's all these creatures there who are, like, doing manual labor. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be parallel to, so, like, when she arrives at Witch's University. But, because, like, when she gets there in the real world, or, like, the current day, everyone's, like, having fun and getting along. But in this scene, everyone, yeah, they're just, it's like. It's very, like, dark and there's, like, Gregorian chants in the background. They're forced to do, like, labor and, like, yeah, no, nobody looks happy about what's going on. Yeah, Marnie sees a young Professor Periwinkle selling fruits and asks about finding Splendora. Uh, Periwinkle says that the future queen of Halloween Town is getting ready for her coronation. And that's when Splendora comes out, like, surrounded by her guards and walks through the ground. Splendora is just Sarah Paxson in this terrible bleach blonde wig. Yeah. Um, Marty goes to talk to the guards to stop her and, like, ask her questions, but obviously you cannot just, like, approach the royal family. <laughs> so she gets zapped into the dungeon. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, she is able to get uh, Professor Periwinkle to come and, like, help her. And so they zap her into Splendora's room. Uh, it's the dorm that she has at Witch's University. Yeah, professor, the professor was like, uh, Splendora's locked herself in her room now and won't show herself to coronation. Yeah. So Marnie goes and finds the box on the table. She finds the key and opens it, but she's em- but it's empty. So she's like, oh, she hasn't put the gift in here yet. So then Splendoria's there and she's like, oh, you must be part of the family. I put a hex so that no one besides family could get in. And she's like, this is the gift and you must be a Cromwell. Um, yeah, Marnie's like, listen, I need the gift. Yeah. Uh, the gift, we learn, is this amulet that Splendora's wearing. Yeah, but Splendora doesn't wish this gift on anyone. Because it gives the power to control anyone, make them do anything. Which okay, yeah, and then Marnie doesn't get why this is a bad thing. She doesn't <laughs> get why she wouldn't want this. The real Marnie would never. The real Marnie would be like, that's horrible, right. let's destroy it. Right. Um, Splendora says that the Dominion wants to use her. And her gift. And, and Marnie is immediately like, oh, Ethan, that's what he said. He's who is telling the truth. Yeah. Splendor is like, I don't want to be queen. And her, like, maiden or whatever is, like, um, outside telling, is, like, outside the room, knocking on the door, telling Splendora that she must prepare for coronation. Yeah. Um, Splendora says that three Cromwells created the amulet and only the power of three Cromwells can destroy it, which is why she can't just destroy it herself. Uh, the maiden calls, uh, she's getting angry and she says, Splendora Agatha Cromwell. And Marnie's like, Agatha? And she's like, yes, that's my middle name. When all this is over, I will just become Aggie Cromwell. Splendora is Aggie Cromwell. Wow, it's grandma. So Marnie's like, oh, you're going to have a great future. Uh, And she's like, I'm your granddaughter, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Splendora locks the gift and then gives Marnie the key. She says, hide it in the future. That's the only place it's going to be safe. Which, again, this, like, blows my mind. Because if she had it in the future, then she would have it. But time travel... 
they use time travel very loosely in these movies. Right. (laughs) The logistics of this does not work. Yeah, but, yeah. So, Marnie gets the key, and then they open a portal, and uh, Marnie gives grandma the jack-o'-lantern to put in the center of halloween town so marnie's the reason this jack-o'-lantern exists in halloween town apparently yeah i guess and then she goes back to the present yeah back in the future marnie successfully opens the box with the amulet inside and dr goodwin immediately appears and just uses magic to take it out of her hands and marnie's like um excuse me like what are you doing like, you can't do that. Like, I'm not going to help you. And they're like, well, we're going to hurt Dylan if you don't help. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's already Halloween town, which I don't know if Halloween. it's Halloween day. I don't know if it was whenever she left. We don't really understand I, yeah. that. But yeah. Yeah. Outside, uh, Troll is setting up for the celebration. Uh, Marty apologizes to Ethan and they go to go find Dylan. Uh, Dylan is serving food at this private witches only party. Um, Marty opens the barrier that keeps non-witches out, and her and Nisa and Ethan walk in. Uh, Scarlet makes Dylan, like, spill all this pudding on himself, and then they turn him into a dog. Yeah. So, Marty chases after him as he runs outside, but loses him. Dog chase scenes aren't funny. We've said it before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marnie just shouts to the sky, Mom, I need you! And Mom appears, and they make up. She's and there to help. Mom turns and ch- changes into a Halloween costume for some reason. Witch. She's in her witch attire. I guess. Spider necklace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Mom, Marnie, and Anissa are in Marnie's dorm. Ethan is out searching for Dylan. And Marnie realizes that, like, everything, like, the scholarship, the, uh, like, special, like, treatment from the teachers was all to just lure her here to get her to give them the gift. Um, they use witch's glass to find Dylan, who's still a dog, like, in this cage, and the lock on the cage has an S for sinister. Uh, Marnie somehow is transported through the witch's glass to Silas's office, where Dylan is being held with all of the Dominion. Um, they used, they were, because Ethan was looking for Dylan, they followed Ethan, who found Dylan, and then trapped them both there, and then they lured Marnie there. Yeah, but they won't let Dylan or Marnie go until she agrees to work with them and to use her power for evil. Uh, Marnie calls on the witch's glass bracelet so that mom can hear this conversation that's going on. Secretly. Yeah, and so... She's uh, like, what do you want? And they say, wear the amulet, use the gift, and Marnie's like, so you want me to help you make all the other, all the other creatures slaves? And Silas is like, everything will run smoother and things will be easier with the Dominion in charge. Uh, Tonight, Marnie must cast the spell, putting the Dominion in charge, which will then become permanent at midnight. And if she doesn't, Dylan will stay a dog forever because it'll be after midnight on Halloween. Yeah, Uh, so... Marnie agrees, if given the time to get ready to be a queen. To act the part. Yeah, so, and she says, Ethan, bring Dylan as a dog before midnight out to the party or whatever. So we cut to three minutes before midnight. Ethan brings dog Dylan out to the park and mom meets with them and coronation music begins. So as they go outside. Yeah, mom, yeah, do you say mom and Anissa are there? Yeah, mom and Anissa meet up with Ethan and Dylan. Uh, Marnie goes out onto the balcony with all of like the Dominion members. And before she says anything, Marnie demands that they change Dylan back. And so they do. And then they tell Marnie that it's time to take the gift and fulfill the prophecy. They're like, you'll be the greatest witch in the world. You'll have all the power. Yeah, they try to tempt her with power, which like the real Marnie would never be tempted by. But this Marnie like attempts to look like she is. 
So yeah, they put the um, amulet on her and they tell her that she needs to use her gift. So Marnie calls out and she uses this like deep voice when she has the gift apparently. That's what Splendora did too. Yeah. And so she's talking, she says, Anissa. Now Anissa. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so Anissa, who's holding her lamp, starts blowing smoke uh, that goes up to the, like takes the amulet off Marnie's neck and places it in the lamp. Mom, Marnie, and Dylan, uh, oh, she, like, tosses the lamp up in the, in the air, and, um, they use the power of three to destroy the gift forever, it turns yeah. into fireworks, and everyone cheers as midnight rings in, and the Dominion get caught by Professor Periwinkle as they're trying to flee, and yeah, she's the like- Yeah, the were working for Professor Periwinkle the whole time. Yeah, she's like, joke's on you, I'm a HBI agent. <laughs> She says, I am an agent of the Halloween Town Anti-Dominion League. She's been undercover for ten centuries. She strips them of their magic and arrests them for treason and traps them in a witch's glass like they did with Ethan's dad in the last movie. Yeah. So, uh, Marnie hugs her family and she thanks Anissa for her help and she's like, sorry we destroyed your home. You can be my roommate now. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Ethan walks up, and Anissa leaves them alone, and Ethan's like, oh, like, it's so amazing that you gave up this power, blah, 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 And Ethan reveals that when his dad's magic was taken away, he renowned his powers. I don't know why. They don't explain that, but he- Yeah, whenever I was watching this, I was like, oh, like, didn't they take his powers away because he was just, like, his son and they didn't trust him? Yeah. I don't know why he renowned his powers. Why would he renounce his powers? I don't know, but he's immortal now, and he's like, I hope you still Why like is he me. at which university? How can he get in if he's immortal? Because I think anyone can get in now, because he knows about Halloween Town. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so then, uh, Marnie meets with her family again. Um, <laughs> yeah, the scene is, it's well, very Ethan messy. walks over to Dylan, and Ethan calls over to the Sinister Sisters, and they're like, hey, like, I think you owe Dylan an apology. And they're like, uh-huh, yeah, right. And they're about to perform a spell, but all of their magic is now gone because of their, um, connection with the Dominion. Um, Mom says that Marnie can stay, uh, at college in which university, uh, Marnie goes over to Ethan and gives, gives him, him magic flowers. Flowers. Dylan tells mom that um, they're like watching this happen on the sideline. Yeah, he's like, I can't believe that Marnie destroyed this like family heirloom that belonged to grandma. And mom is like, well, she probably gave it to someone that she absolutely trusts. And then we cut to Dylan's doing his homework. He opens this book and finds the amulet inside. The amulet has like is like burned out. Like the pages are burned out for the amulet to fit in, which means this book that Dylan had is ruined. <laughs> Well, yeah, and then Dylan just, like, closes the book and puts it on the shelf, and that's the end of the movie. Okay, I get what they're saying, that Marnie is, like, very, like, like, she doesn't like to follow the rules, she likes to do stuff differently, but I think Marnie would have destroyed this amulet. Marnie would have definitely destroyed the amulet. Why would she keep it? I think they were trying to set themselves up for another Halloween town? Absolutely not. (laughs) They're probably, like, after this movie, (laughs) it's so poorly. (laughs) Oh my god. No. Yeah. That's the end of the movie. He sets it on the shelf, and that's the end. The amulet was not destroyed, because Marnie, in quotes, didn't destroy it. Well, like, what was their magic doing, then? Hiding it, I guess? I don't know. Because, like, Dylan probably would have been like, oh, like, we're, like, destroying the amulet. Also... I want to say that, like, in the past movies, whenever, like, all of them have, like, the Cromwells have used their magic together, like, a big thing was, like, you have to believe, you have to just, like, trust yourself, like, it's not gonna work, like, we're not gonna be powerful enough if we don't, like, completely trust each other and believe, but no, like, with this one, they're just, like, bam, destroy. Well, I think with the severity of the situation, they're all, like, (laughs) we don't have time to doubt ourselves, let's just fucking do this. (laughs) Yeah, it's bad. (laughs) 
it is a shame to the Halloween Town name. And like I said, like, it's not a, t like, it's enjoyable if it wasn't a part of the Halloween Town franchise. Yeah, it's just frustrating because, like, you want to see continuity between, like, the characters that you know and, like, the storylines, and this does not have that. I don't, in my notes, in, like, actions that, like, I knew that, like, that were different from the original Marnie. I just wrote, like, not my Marnie in the side <laughs> in the margins. Okay, like, again, David S. Jackson, did you watch the other Halloween Towns before <laughs> you directed so. this movie? Did, the, someone, did the writers do that? Did I anyone? Think, like, I think he was, like, he told the PA, he was like, okay, give me, like, a brief outline of the three movies, and we'll see how we can continue. <laughs> like, he maybe watched Halloween Town High and then yeah. based it off of that. Yeah, no, I think that's what he did. Ugh. Because that's, like, the only continuation. <laughs> well, okay, and, like, again, like we said, this is not anything on Sarah Paxson. No. It is very, very hard to be the one who has to replace someone who everyone already, like, knows and loves. And does such a good job. Yeah. <laughs> but she's not our Marnie. No. Not our Roderick, not our Marnie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you can't just replace people. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think when I was a kid, I didn't really care that much about, like, I didn't feel as strongly about the- Right, this was the first Halloween Town movie I ever watched. I was like, oh, like, this was, I was, like, 10 years old. I was like, oh, it's a little spooky. Like, this is fun. Yeah, I mean, I think I didn't like that they replaced Marnie. I thought that was weird even as a kid, but I was just like, okay, whatever, it's Halloween Town. But now, no, it's this is a <laughs> disgrace to I was, the I name of this, Halloween Town. I watched this on Friday, and it's like, I wanted to scream the whole time. Yeah, like I said, I had to do research on the directors because I was like, the original directors would never have let this happen. And right. I think having a different director for each of them was a really poor decision on their part. I don't know if they, like, couldn't get them to come back or what, but having a different one had a different vibe. So. Yeah, and like I said, like, it's not that, like, it's a bad movie. Like, I would watch this movie over many of the other movies at the bottom of my list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's a disgrace to Halloween Town, like I said. Yeah. <laughs> How did you rate and rank this, or did you have any quotes? Uh, I don't think I, I, I mean, Marnie literally said nothing. The writing was very It was terrible. Poor in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Marnie normally had really good, like, quips, like, Yeah, like I said, she's so fiery, she's so passionate, she's, like. <laughs> she doesn't say, like, anything clever or funny in this no, movie. No, she's just like, oh, what is the gift? How do I and, like, find out? She's not even a manic pixie dream girl, she's just a girl. No. She's just a piece of paper. Like, even as She's I was, a mannequin. Like, I started thinking, I was like, is this how, like, all, like, Disney female main characters are written? And I'm like, no. Because, like, even, like, when we watched Jamie and Read It and Weep, like, she was flawed. She had, like, personality. Um, like, we watched Wendy Wu. Like, she was, like, a fully, like, not, like, completely. But, like, more fleshed out than Marty. Yeah, Marty. I mean, yeah. And, like, these are TV movies for children. They aren't gonna be <laughs> yeah. as fleshed out. But this, she's literally a mannequin. Right. She's not a person. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, I gave this a two out of five because, like I said, it's it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Oh yeah, I would watch this over any of the dog movies we've watched. I feel like if it was done right, it could have been done very well. Like I don't, like, I like the plot. Like, I like the idea of going off to college because that's not something you see in decoms a lot, right. which I get because they're four younger kids. And but... I really liked the point of whenever she went back in time because I thought it was like kind of spooky for me. Well, I and the idea that like Splendora is her grandma is, yeah. and she finds that out that's really cool. And like the fact that and they we learned look that the like same... why the Cromwells are so powerful. They were the royal family of Halloween Town. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, I put it, I gave it a 2 out of 5. I put it number 59, below Pixel Perfect and above the screen team. I gave this a 2 out of 5. I put it at number 65, below the Proud Family movie and above the Jenny Project. Uh, I put this, so this is 65 out of 75 for me. There are 10 <laughs> below it, but it's yeah, not 59 great. 59 out of 75. Yeah. 
But next week, we have Jump In. <gasps> I'm so excited. Kiki Palmer. Ooh, I have a fun story about whenever I first saw Jump In. <laughs> Kiki Palmer, if you want to be on Kiki the podcast, Palmer! please. We love you. Yes. That's it. Okay, bye. Oh, it's also the first movie in 2007. So we're done with 2006. 2007, here we come. Bye. Bye.